Pastor Kimberly. Let's give the Lord a bit of a hand this morning, a bit of a hand, a great hand. Yes, we thank Jesus. We thank Jesus today for all that he, he has done for us. So good to see you in the house of God this morning, to be at church, 9 a.m. service, always the hardcore Christians are here at the first service. Uh, we had a grand final day yesterday, so hope your team won, and if they didn't, there's always next year. And uh, planning for next year, I'm planning for next year already, Pauline and myself have been uh, putting the calendars together for next year for all the good things that uh, God is planning for our church for 2022. So who's uh, up for prayer and fasting for next year? So we're going to start the year off again with a, a good season of prayer and fasting and clarifying the call and vision of God that he has for us as a church. So I want to encourage you, start to prepare yourself for that. It'll be in January again. So um, I'm looking forward to that. I want to also thank all those who got behind One Priority this year. And I know that there's still funds coming in for that. So we, we really have some big things ahead of us, uh, church-wise, renovation-wise, buying a building at Alliston so we can do more in the township of Alliston. And we're very close to that. But this year so far, we have uh, received $3,594 uh, and... $3,500, uh, $35,000, let us get it right, $35,942.70. So if someone's got 30 cents, we can round it up today. So, but I want to just honour all those who get behind one priority because it is a good thing to sow into the house of God with our special first fruits offering to uh, be able to see... Uh, buildings completed and to do things for the next generation, for the others coming behind us. So I um, want to just honour all those who got behind it so far. But uh, this morning's message, it's titled For the One. And uh, that's our theme for this season. And I also want to say for next year, our theme's not going to change. So if you're a department leader here today or you're uh, part of our church team, then I just want to encourage you, uh, For the One is going to be uh, our theme going forward. So we're going to be focusing our attention on those who don't know Christ. So uh, today, this morning, I want to highlight where our priorities are as a church. And uh, hopefully that helps people, clarifies some things. And that a lot of it is stuff you would have heard before. But I really think it's important at this time of the year, as we're, as we're coming in for a landing, uh, we're, we're circling the runway to end 2021, but we are wanting to prepare ourselves for the next season that God has for us. So uh, I want to highlight where our, our church is heading. So when I use the term church, it means an individual Christian. It means individual person. So uh, that, that's talking to us, not, not just corporately, but us as individuals. So the church has a responsibility to Jesus and to the world. We have a dual responsibility. We have a responsibility first to Jesus and to the world. So it's one thing to be born again, um, and that is dealing with our past. So as, as Christians, as believers, we don't, we're not uh, born into a church. We're not born into a religious institution. To be a Christian, you need to be born again. That's what the Bible teaches. That's what Jesus always talked about. So it's not a new thing. It's not a funny thing. It's not a strange thing. It is the way to, uh, to uh, the life of a Christian is to be born again. So that we're born again from our past, but we're also born again to serve God with our future. 
So when we're born again, we deal with our past things, all the things that, uh, that, that uh, were from sin life, but we're born again to serve God. We have a reason for, for that transfer in our lives. So God always connects people together for great things to happen. And I uh, just want to say it's so good to see uh, visitors in church this morning. So wherever you are from, I want to say a great big uh, welcome. Let's give them a hand this morning for all our visitors. So glad that you found your way to church this morning and that you're spending the time with us today. Do stick around afterwards and have a coffee or a cup of tea and get to know us. So God always connects people together. So I'm just going to do some review here this morning of who we are and why we do what we do, who we are and why we are. So uh, first of all, we are Christians. What does that mean? That means we're believers in Jesus. We are born again, spirit-filled people who make up one heart church. Are we the only church? No, we're just part of the global church. So we do our part and other churches do their part in the city of Port Lincoln. Some of my greatest friends are the other pastors in Port Lincoln. I'll have coffee with, with the other pastors. I have time with them. Um, I'm committed to seeing their churches grow and flourish because we are part of the church. We do what we do, uh, but we're not the only church. Um, and, and other churches do what we can't do. So um, that's just how I see it, and I think that's the way God wants his church to function. So, but we do have a clear vision and do what we do because that's what God's calling us to do. So our vision at One Heart Church, and I hope you've heard this before. If you haven't, it's, it'll, it'll, it's really simple. It's only one sentence. To be a large, relevant church of mature believers who love our community. That's it. And everything we do as a church comes out of that vision, out of that statement. Now, our mission is found in Matthew 5, verse 14 to 16. I'm not going to read it all out to you, but we are the light of the world. That's why Jesus brought you to himself. That's why we're born again, so that we can be a light to others, so that people can see the kingdom of God through us. That's the that's mission of our church. Now, our goals, are, and really, our goals are why we do what we do. And that is that we want to see salvations. We want to see people come to know Jesus Christ. We want to see people baptized by following Jesus. That, that's uh, going into discipleship. And we want to see good, strong, healthy relationships formed in the life of the church that uh, build us and keep us strong and motivate us to greater things in God. So that's why we do what we do as a church. Now, I'm gonna, I haven't really uh, got to much scripture yet, but um, Proverbs 11, verse 30, the second part of it in the New King James Version of the Bible, it says, He who wins souls is wise. A powerful little, little thing there. He who wins souls is wise. Now, why we do what we do is because of that statement, is because of that instruction from God. So the goal we have is to win souls um, because wise people will go for that. It's, what, it's, it's wisdom from the Bible. So what is the soul? It's a good question that we need to ask. Well, what is the soul? See, the soul is the will, the mind, and the emotions of people. That's the soul level. It, it's, not, it's not the spirit level yet. So to appeal to the soul, you have to satisfy the senses. Now, I know some people probably work, walk out right now. That's why we present our services as we do. 
because we want to connect at the soul level to reach people into their spirit level. So a lot of times people may come into the presence of God, come into a church service, and they're at the soul level, they're at the mind, the will, the emotional level. But we want to transfer that eventually into a spiritual experience. And sometimes that might happen the very first time they walk in the door. Sometimes that won't happen for a, a, a period of time. But you know something? We need, to, we need to appeal to people's soul level because they're not always going to come in with their spirit switched on. So do you understand that? So that's, what that's why we do what we do. There's nothing to benefit from a church that is, that is sloppy. There's nothing to benefit when we don't quite know what time we're going to start and we never know what time we're going to finish. Uh, see, if we want to attract people at their soul level, he who wins souls is wise, then we need to be wise in how we go about that. Is that making sense to you this morning? So these are foundational things I hope will help you understand why it's important that we do what we do and that we do things well. Because at the soul level, someone will come and say, hey, gee, they're sloppy. Seats are uncomfortable, the building smells, uh, it, it's, it's cold or it's too hot. Um, you, you, know, you, you, you don't quite know how to follow what the preacher's talking about. So when you have that kind of a service, people will leave bewildered. Their soul has not been fed and they'll say, well, I'll probably look for somewhere else. We don't want to be that kind of a church. We want to be a church that makes a way possible for someone who has the, the least idea about who God is and goes away thinking, well, something spoke to me today. That's our mission at One Heart Church. So as we journey into the final months of this year, be encouraged that Jesus is up to something good in his church, in his church. It's not my church. I don't own it. I didn't give my blood for it, but I'm just part of it because of Jesus. And Jesus is up to something good in his church. So if you're new to One Heart Church, I believe God has brought you here. If you've been here in the last few weeks, I believe God has brought you here for his good purpose. If, you, if you've been here a long time, or if you're old to One Heart Church, God has kept you here. And there is a reason for you still being here. So whatever point you are, God wants to amaze you with his best for you. So get on board with what Jesus has for you. So we don't just have to live on the edges, on the peripheries, on the distance, on the, well, I don't know quite why I'm here, but I want you to step into the blessings and the goodness that Jesus has for you. So my main scripture this morning, we've got a few scriptures, but we're going to get to them right now. Luke chapter 15, verse 7. I'm using the New Living Translation. It's up on the screen. It says, this is why we have our goals at One Heart Church. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. Now, when uh, uh, we were having our prayer and fasting uh, at the beginning of this year, God really stirred on my heart, I think it was even last year, the, um, the need that we need to focus on the lost. Focus on those who don't know Jesus. Fo focus on those who, who have, have uh, uh, need to find their way back to God. In Matthew 28 verses 18 to 20. It says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the ends of the age. Now we often will, will call this, this scripture and the one in Mark as well, the Great Commission, as, it, as, it's, as it's known. But you know something? 
It's the only commission that Jesus gave. So the mission for every person who follows Jesus is that. So everybody, I have an announcement to make. Turn to the person next to you and say, he's got an announcement to make. I'm here to remind you that you're, if you're a Christian, that that is your mission. I'm here to remind you of your mission. That's our announcement today. If there's anything God is speaking to the church, people have been asking me lately with all the COVID stuff, all the restrictions, all the things, is this the mark of the beast? Is, is, is what's going to happen? Is, should we get... You know, I'm not pro-vax, I'm not anti-vax. I'm, I'm, I'm here to preach Jesus. The gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ that saves souls. So all those other things you talk to your doctor about. So talk to your medical professional. They'll tell you all the ins and outs and all the things you need to know on that. I'm here to tell you that if you've got sin in your life, you can be set free by the blood of Jesus. That's what we're here to proclaim as a church. But if there's, and people ask me, well, what's God saying to the church? The big question, if there, if there is anything that God is speaking to the church, it's, it is to find lost people. That's the message. Whatever season the church is in, the world is in, it's time to find lost people and lead them back to Jesus. So, and a lost person is anyone who doesn't know Jesus. So our, our theme or our goal is find the lost. Find the lost one. Reach the lost one. Care for the lost one. Now this sounds very generic, but we can, every individual here today can put faces and names of real people for those ones. And we need to pray for them because God put you in their life to help save them. So you don't need to wait for a crusade tent to come to town. Just find that one person and just tell them your story. Tell them what God has done in your life. Tell them what God has done for you and let God do the rest. I referred to Mark chapter 16 just, just a little bit ago. But, uh, and Matthew 28, it gives us a, a bit of a cross-section of what Jesus wants to see the church do. I'm going to start, in, in, uh, we're going to look at Mark chapter 16, I'm going to look at verse 19, and I'm going to start it backwards, and then we'll go to verse 15. So the context, this is the last thing that Jesus said before he went to heaven. So verse 19 says, When the Lord Jesus had finished talking with them, he was taken up into heaven and sat down in the place of honour at God's right hand. Now we'll go to verse 15. He told them, Go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptised will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs will will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name and they will speak in new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety and if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. So I want to give you four points quickly this morning that Jesus wants to see in his church. And remember what the church is, it's you. So number one, he wants to see people who go and preach the good news. That's found in verse 15. See, there's great things will follow when when the preaching happens. Now, you might think, well, no one gives me a microphone to preach. You don't need the microphone to preach. Your life preaches. So when you're at the bowls club, your life is preaching. When When you're at work, your life is preaching. When you're living next door to your neighbors, your life is preaching something, and you want to make that something 
that Jesus is shining out of you. So great things will follow the preaching. So anyone believes, uh, and anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. I, w- I want us to be a baptizing church. I want us to be a church that is baptizing people whenever, whenever and however we can. Because we want to see people saved to a miraculous salvation life, as we see up there in that scripture. Cast out demons in my name. That talks about having spiritual victory and authority. We have spiritual victory and authority. And, and unfortunately, there are, there are things that hamstring churches and communities of Christians because we haven't dealt with the spirit. We haven't dealt with the demon. And so often there's demons at work in our lives and we just, we just say, oh, no, it's not. Because we've got so comfortable with the pet demon that we don't realize it's danger. So we might have negativity, we might have criticism, we might have unforgiveness, we might have doubts, we might have fears. They're spirits. You've got to shake them little things off. And they're only small, but they can keep you away from the power and the presence of God that he, he wants you to live in and enjoy. You've got to call it out for what it is. Stop looking for the demon in the neighbor. Start saying, God, where's the demons in me? You don't, again, you don't need to wait for the crusade tent to come to town. You start saying, Jesus, do it in your own quiet time. It's much better. Jesus doesn't want to embarrass you in front of everybody. Just get embarrassed in your, in your own bedroom. Say, Jesus, get that spirit of fear out of my heart. Get that spirit of criticism off me, Lord God, please. I repent of it. And you know something? Those things come off and you start to focus your attention on better things. You start to think clearly about the call and purpose of God. And and that is really important because that voice, if that keeps thinking, you know, they they really hurt you. That really hurt, didn't you? Yeah, you know, that's a little little spirit on your shoulder reminding you of all those things. You need to just walk past them and say, I'm set free, I'm forgiven, I'm released, I'm free of all those things because Jesus has given me authority over all these evil things. Hallelujah. Cast out demons in my name. Speak in new languages. Talking about baptism in the Holy Spirit. I'll I'll get to that a bit later at the end. Uh, It talks about protection from danger. Snakes and poisons won't harm you. So uh, it also talks about we'll be agents of healing. Uh, We'll place hands on the sick and they'll recover. I want to tell you something. We we see great effect in the church by our prayer prayer warriors when we, we text. We do it more modern way. We text our prayer request, but I tell you, there's been so many miracles happening through our prayer request. It's been amazing. I, I don't know. We don't even keep a record or a log of all the all the different answers to prayers that we see, but they are regular and they are they are every week. There's prayer requests that come, we, and everyone gets a request and just begins to pray wherever they are. They'll stop and pray for you, and then the next thing you know, we get the reports. You know, there's been a healing. There's been a change. There's been something ha- has happened, and it happens all the time. Second thing Jesus wants to see in the church is the church that makes disciples or making disciples. Matthew 28 verse 19 um, talks about that. But see, we don't have a great understanding of what disciple, uh, discipleship means in our culture, in our Western world. We, we kind of got an idea, but it's not what, what Jesus uh, did with his disciples as such. But what we do, but uh, what we know we want to do. See, a disciple follows Jesus, invests their life learning and living God's purpose for them. So we have life groups, we have Bible college, we have church on Sundays, uh, we have youth on Sunday nights. They're discipleship programs that will grow people. Their design is to grow people in their walk with God. Um, Ephesians 4.11 
tells us there is a, a gift of teaching. And if we want to grow in our, in our spiritual journey, we need to give ourselves time to be taught. So that's where discipleship really develops. So Jesus took three years of teaching his disciples and they followed him everywhere. They served him, they asked lots of questions and they frustrated him. But when he was taken up to heaven, it was those guys that changed the world. Now, we are to be a disciple-making church. That's, that's our responsibility to teach and give opportunity, but it's your responsibility to say, I am a disciple of Jesus and I need to have my ears on to learn. I need to allow to be taught. That's where it comes from. I'm just going to ask the musicians to join me again, please. We're nearly done. We're nearly out of time. The third thing Jesus wants to see is all nations. Church will never be defined to one national culture or to one group of people. It is to be the place for all nations to find their way to God. Church is a culture that displays God's kingdom on earth. That's what we are to do. And so we want to have uh, uplift and promote a kingdom culture above our own personal backgrounds and cultures. So we want to see a, a, a church that is filled with all people. So Jesus' disciples began their evangelism to the people of Israel, their own people. They should have been, those Israelites should have been easily savable, but, but many were not. So God's intention uh, through Christ was always to reach beyond the people of Israel to the whole world. It's, it was an uncomfortable call because the Jews were so separated from other peoples that for them to associate with other nationalities would contaminate their purity. So through Jesus, God is sending them to the nations. And that was a hard call to adjust to. So we see the story of uh, in Acts chapter 10, verses 1 to 7 of, of Cornelius. He's a Roman officer who, it says he was worshipping God. He was, he was doing sacrifices. He was trying to find his way to God. And God gives him a vision of an angel who tells him to summon a man called Peter from Joppa. I love this. Verse 7, Acts chapter 10. As soon as the angel was gone, he sent off to Joppa. He sent men off to Joppa to find Peter and bring him back. Now, if we look at at the same time, God's speaking to Peter, Acts chapter 10, verse 9 to 20. Now, Peter's revelation is, is the very next day. Um, and as Cornelius' men approach Joppa, God has to show Peter three times before he understands that God wanted him to reach the non-Jews. So uh, here's the thing. Could it be that we are like Peter? There are people searching for salvation all around us and they need to find us to help them find Jesus and be saved. I need to see that. I need to say that three times because because uh, as Peter heard the, heard the message three times, we need to, to see the same thing. Could it be we are like Peter? There are people searching for salvation, and they need to find us to help them find Jesus and be saved. Get your ears on. Could it be we are like Peter? There are people searching for salvation. And they need to find us to help them find Jesus and be saved. It was always God's plan to save the whole world and reconcile mankind to himself. It goes all the way back to Genesis 18, verse 18. And it was prophesied, For Abraham will certainly become a great and mighty nation, 
and all the nations of the earth will be blessed through him. So from the earliest prophecies all the way through the, the ancient prophets, they're always pointing to, to God's plan for people. And I want to finish with the, this last point, that, God, that Jesus wants to see baptisms in the church. It's a decision of discipleship. Now there, there is a, the baptism in water, first one, Baptism in water is a sign of repentance and cleansing of sin. It's an act of discipleship. It's an act of obedience to say, Jesus, I want to follow you now. It, it, it's a representation of our death of our old life and birth of a new life in, in Jesus. There's another baptism that uh, some churches never talk about, but it's a baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's being filled with a spiritual power that comes from God alone. So in the Holy Spirit, uh, there is strength and power to live the Victorian, victorious Christian life. And I don't believe you can do it fully unless you are filled with the Holy Spirit. So the most important effect of the Holy Spirit, um, that baptism of the Holy Spirit, is the power that comes upon us for boldness to, to live out our Christian life, for wisdom that flows through us to reach the lost one. It's like the widow, 2 Kings chapter 4. It says uh, she, had, she had no money. She had nothing left in the house. And the prophet comes and he says, what have you got? She says, I only got this little bit of oil left. You know something, if that's all you have is your Christian life is a little bit of oil. That's the oil of the Spirit. You need to start pouring that out and see what God will do. So, so she had this little bit of oil left and she kept pouring out the oil. And it says she kept pouring out the oil until there were no empty containers left. They were all full. Her needs were met. The needs in every church are met when we are pouring out the oil of the Holy Spirit to others. You need, to, If you have a ministry, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You can't minister effectively without it. So we want to be a church that keeps finding empty containers. There will always be enough oil for one more. Always be enough. And then the prophet says to it, you know, it runs out when there's no more, there's no more containers. I want us to be a church that keeps pouring out into others until Jesus comes again. So if we could just... Um, Take a moment, close our eyes. And I just want to give people an opportunity this morning if you don't know Jesus as your Savior. If you've never entered a relationship with, with Jesus and would like to today, I'm going to give you an opportunity to make that decision to follow Jesus. So if you're here and you want to take that first step with everyone's eyes closed so you can have that privacy moment with God this morning. But I am asking, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand as a sign to say yes that's me today. Will you raise your hand nice and high? No one looking around. Thank you. I see those hands. Praise God. Praise God for that decision. It's the best decision you'll ever make. You can put your hands down. I just want to pray. I want us all to pray together. You can open your eyes. There's a prayer up on the screen there. And I just, let's give a hand to those people who just made that bold step this morning. Can we just pray this together? Because Jesus spoke about those who believe in their heart and confess with their mouth will be saved. And that's what this prayer helps us to do. It, it, it's declaring our belief in Jesus. So let's pray it all together on behalf of those two people who put up their hands this morning. Dear Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God, that you died on the cross and rose again to forgive my sins. I ask that you forgive me. I give you my life and I invite you to be my Lord and Savior. Today, I am born again. I trust my future into your hands. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And that, people, 
is how we step from death to life. That's how we, that is the gateway to being born again is when we say that prayer and mean it in our heart that Jesus deals with our past and we get a whole new future. So just want to finish off. Remember, we are born again from our past. We are also born again to serve God with our future. Can we just stand together for one moment? Those who win souls are wise. And I just want to pray over you today. We're out of time, absolutely. But I just want to pray before we go. If God's been stirring in your heart faces to things that I've been speaking about, people that you're thinking, they need Jesus. Maybe you've you've had a burden on your heart for certain types of people or certain places or whatever it is. I want to pray for you today that God will help you to, to live out the burden that God has given you, that you can reach people who are lost. So it may not affect everybody here today, but I know for a fact there's going to be certain people who are saying, yes, this is just what I needed to hear today, and I have a stirring in my heart for people who don't know Jesus. Right across this place, if that's you, just raise your hand. It's just between you and God. But I want to pray over you that God will pour out His Spirit. God will pour out something amazing in your life and that you'll see that your hands are Jesus' hands, your feet are Jesus' feet, your words are Jesus' words, and you're going to see fruit in people's lives coming to Christ. So, Lord, I just pray today over every hand that is raised in faith today right across this place. Lord, I thank you that you see the people that are represented by their hands. You see those who they know. You see the, the people who are far away from you that they are going to reach. And so, Lord, I just pray today that there'll be fruit and blessing in their lives as they step out, Lord God, and say, use me, Father. And I just pray today that there'll be something deposited upon people of the Holy Ghost that causes them to be evangelists, to be, to be uh, uh, the voice of God 